Coming up today on David versus Goliath, called FSK. I don't want to give away too much because I don't want anybody to steal my ideas before my game comes out. Um, there was a time when we were just flying by the scare fans trying to figure everything out. Ryan, you are awesome. Welcome to today's episode of David versus Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a free time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade with another fantastic episode of David versus Goliath coming your way today with Ryan Shirzadi from Tech Revel. Great application building company, great technology company from three people to 170 internationally. It's going to be a great interview. Stay tuned. Before we get into that, though, I want to thank our corporate sponsor, Anthem Software, where you can find, serve, and keep more customers profitably with their software, marketing, consulting platform. Visit AnthemSoftware.com today to take the 120-second tour. And very important also for you to know, our website address for the podcast is DavidVSGoliathPodcast.com. That's DavidVSGoliathPodcast.com. There you can subscribe and apply to be on the show. Plus, we're on all of your favorite podcasting networks. If you want to watch the podcast, YouTube, subscribe. And if you want to listen, we're on Spotify, Google, Apple. I mean, you name it, we're on it. But let's get right to it with Ryan Shirzadi from Tech Revel. Ryan, welcome to David versus Goliath. Awesome to be here. It's great, man. I got to tell you, I practiced your name like for 15 minutes before this podcast. Ryan Shirzadi. Hopefully, I'm nailing that the right way. Ryan, you and I met uh, several months back when I was actually looking at doing a project for my other company called Bam Bam Tastic Games. Bam Bam Tastic Games, which is uh, going to be coming out next year. And I, I probably submitted, I don't know, four or five bids and proposals to other companies. And one of the things that was appealing to me was you had a video on your actual website, Tech Revel. Where you are holding your dog, I think it's Roosevelt. Is that is that the name of the dog? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. It was Roosevelt, and I was trying to say to myself, "Man, um, I want to make sure that I give this guy a chance." But he was holding a dog. I didn't really know how to, you know, what to make of it. But it actually, you guys were awesome. Your proposal was fantastic, um, and I always like to tell the listeners how we met each other. And we met each other because I'm actually hired you to do some stuff for one of my other businesses. And why don't you give the listeners and the watchers a little bit of an overview on Tech Revel and what you guys do and, and what makes you get up in the morning and get excited? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Um, so, you know, at Tech Revel, it's, it's a really exciting industry to be in. Um, you know, the software industry, there's always something new, something fresh, great ideas. Um, you know, especially with you as well. I mean, the idea is fantastic. That's what we thrive ourselves on, right? That's what we're really proud of is actually being able to go out and implement and make these ideas reality. Um, so that's what really excites us as a company. You know, we're, we've been in the app development space. That's kind of like our bread and butter. Um, and it's been like that for a while, but as we've kind of scaled, we've gotten to like consulting, gap analysis, these kind of things with other companies to be able to identify where we can actually help them grow, where any bottlenecks are and actually, um, and actually kind of like optimize their performance and processes. So 
that's something that we've kind of scaled into. But yeah, you know, what really got us started and what was really fun about, you know, just being in the space was just building dreams. And that's something that like is, has been really uh, rewarding for myself and, and the company. How, how many partners do you have right now, Ryan, besides yourself? So I have two partners. Um, that's a beer and awesome. Um, and yeah, we're, you know, three, three guys with a common vision, a uh, common goal, very aligned um, as far as our focus goes. And that allows us to scale. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be um, brutally like straight up up front here about this is like starting a business. I've realized from the last few businesses I've started um, choosing the right partners is such a key part, part of the business. And, and like, I wouldn't even recommend going to business alone, especially if it's your first business, having people to bounce ideas off of having like a, having somebody who might be more analytical, having somebody who might be more like of a idea guy, having somebody who really goes out and gets things done. And, and like everybody having a different kind of role that works together in harmony is, is kind of like, um, has been the key to our growth and, and success so far. No doubt. Those partners in the right places. You know, it's funny you say that, uh, Ryan. I'm on my fifth company, sixth actually, if you count Bam Bam, and <laughs> I have never done any of them alone, nor would I dare do them alone. I was talking with Erin Lane last week, and she was talking about her partners and her people that she works with, and we were just talking about how this guy I met years ago, Eustace Wolfington, told me, you never do business alone, and it really has made all the difference in the world, but you're kind of in an exciting industry, like... You know, people, everyone thinks they have an app idea or they'd like to hope they have an app idea. Um, you know, you probably hear a lot of brain headed ideas as well as some good ones. Um, at, but at the end of the day, it's a fun place to be. And when I decided to, to build an app, uh, which is going to be coming out next year called FSK, I don't want to give away too much because I don't want anybody to steal my ideas before my game comes out. But uh, it is fun to be able to work on something to dream it to con, you know, from concept and then hopefully to completion. We're about, I would say probably 40% of the way there, you and I together on this project. And it's been a lot of fun. But when you're talking to people about their apps, you're not just doing video games. You're also doing business development apps as well, too, uh, for, for either large companies or mid-sized companies. Tell the listeners a little bit about some of the app projects you're currently working on without violating any NDA, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, like a lot of our projects are, you know, revolve around AI, AR, VR, IoT. Um, that's what the, you know, more uh, enterprise type clients. Um, these are clients that really need just help identifying the issues. Um, so that's where we come in and kind of guide them, look over what they currently have and make sure what they're going to have is something that actually provides a solution that makes sense for them. That's where the custom solutions come into play. And, and that's kind of why... Um, you know, we love SaaS solutions. We think that they're great. But at the end of the day, having the custom SaaS solutions, having being able to actually identify your needs specifically and not just get a cookie cutter has been something that uh, has proved to be a little bit of a niche market for us. And then something to where like people really actually enjoy um, going through this process more so and actually getting a solution that applies directly to them. Um, you know, they come from SaaS solutions they might have purchased in the past and, and they realize that they don't actually hit everything they would need. Um, so that's a lot, a lot of the projects we get kind of come in that space. Um, also, obviously, the platforms, building, upgrading platforms. A lot of the companies are on, you know, older legacy systems and stuff and want to move into cloud and things like that. This is like something we also specialize in is making sure that they actually do get um, the correct level of uh, service that they need to be able to make that happen. You know, it's awesome, man. And, and going back to your, your business partners, you talked about starting with the right people. You know, the only reason why you can do what you're doing right now is because you have the right people, right? You've got 
personalities, you've got doers, you've got strategic thinkers, um, and you're doing projects all over the map, right? From business solutions to, to video games and people are important. Before 2020 happened, obviously, in, before that and even this year, does your team take the time, you, a sim, and a beer? I can't believe I'm actually saying those words together that actually makes sounds like it's, it's, I'm ready to go have a drink. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, do you guys, do you guys get together and you say, okay, here's what we've done. Here's where we want to go. Are you laying out very specific plans with goals or goals with plans? Or are you guys kind of just flying by the seat of your pants there? So at a point, there was a, there was a time, uh, I think probably before 2020, uh, um, there was a time when we were just flying by the seat of our pants trying to figure everything out. You know, when you start a business, it's, um, it's a really iterative process. Um, like it's something to where you're kind of always pivoting um, and trying to find your right niche. Um, you know, at the beginning, obviously, you get your mission, val- vision, all your, your values down, making sure that everybody's on the same page on that level. Uh, understanding where the business is going from a high level. But once you get into the nitty gritty and start throwing out ideas, seeing where you're going to spend money, how you're going to make money, um, you know, who you're going to target first, ABM strategies, these kind of things, like putting all this together um, is definitely a trial and error process. I mean, I wouldn't say we have I mean, made a lot of mistakes starting um, and we we're definitely flying by the seat of the pants. But through that, we were able to find what kind of works and get direction from ourse- for ourselves. Um, after that, it's become more, you know, analytical, a little bit more analytical. It's a little bit of, uh, um, you know, winging it here and there, which is always fun. <laughs> that yeah, does make it fun. Yeah. It does make it fun to wing it sometimes too. Exactly. You got to have a little bit of fun with it. But, you know, there's obviously always, um, you know, strategic plans, objectives, and goals that we do set for ourselves, um, each of the partners individually and as a team. Um, so even just two weeks ago, I was in Dubai for the Jitex conference and, um, you know, it was crazy. There's robots, everything over there. Um, biggest uh, trade show or, or conference in the, in the Middle East region and EU region for, um, for technology and stuff. And it was really cool to be there kind of seeing how we could actually help with a lot of those companies. Um, and that was a goal that we set as a team a few months ago to be able to attend that, to have a booth there. We were right next to Intel and Lenovo. So it was really honorable uh, like, I felt really honored to be there um, and and be able to present our stuff. And that was a cool goal that actually just recently we were able to fulfill and actually exceeded our, our goals through that as well, through that event and everything. So I think um, they would call that technically, they call that a milestone, you know, going to, going to something like that is a dream. You not only want plans and goals, but one extra layer of that is milestones, you know, which are, where you can celebrate. And it reminded me of a, of a, of a sermon I actually heard years ago. It was uh, about the story of Hansel and Gretel. You heard of the story about how they left all this bread behind, right? And mm-hmm. so they came and they ate it and then they lost their way. They couldn't get back. And what's really important in business is that you don't want to leave breadcrumbs as milestones. You want to put rocks as milestones because when you get lost, you can always go back to that milestone that said, hey, we did this. We can get through this. Remember that milestone back there? Let's keep pushing forward because we can do it again. And so what you experienced was a milestone in your mm-hmm. business. And you guys need to make sure you implant that in your brain for the times to succeed in the future or the challenging times that you remember these milestones. Don't leave breadcrumbs, leave stones. Because if you get lost, Ryan, which every business owner does, you can always go back to that milestone and then go from there. And I think so often we forget in our personal lives and in our business lives to set up boulders or stones, giant things in our mind and our memory so we can hold on to it, cling to it, and remember those times, 
not only professionally, but personally. I want to I want to continue to talk a little bit about the people, the your partners, and then I want to talk about your team. Um, you know, there's three of you. You all can't have the same gifts. Tell us a little bit about what each person's role is as a partner and how you round each other out. Yeah, that's a per, uh, absolutely amazing question. Uh, and it's something that I think we've done very well as a company. Um, you know, our partner is, you know, awesome. He's the head of the CTO. He, I mean, he's the CTO. He's the head of the production department. So we make sure things get done. He's on that end. He's very analytical. Somebody who, you know, myself, I'm kind of the kind of guy who kind of shoot stuff from left field and say, let's try this, let's try that, you know, let's do this. And I have to be held back by somebody, right? And so Awesome's that kind of kind of guy. He's the guy who keeps us level-headed, makes sure we're making the right decisions at the right time, that kind of thing. You know, obviously we can, you know, budget things out, do this, that, the other, but it's always good to make sure that we're seeing the results side as well. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where Awesome steps in. A beer, um, I, I'm going to just be blunt. Me and a beer are very similar. Um, his mind is more marketing focused. So he's really good with the marketing side of things, being able to take an idea and make it more profitable, monetization and that kind of thing. Myself, I graduated with my finance uh, master's and that's kind of where I kind of stay is in operations, finance, making sure things make sense on that end. And also being the idea kind of guy and making sure that we're trying new things and not just staying kind of stagnant, um, throwing out new objectives, goals, um, and yeah, I think that's kind of where we all come in. Um, you know, there's, w- with us three partners, everybody, I mean, me and Abir are similar to, to an extent, but there's a kind of like a spectrum. So there's like the analytical, mid-analytical, and then like, just let's do everything. And that's kind of where we all fall. There's, there's a lot of pushes, pulls, checks and balances just between us three before we even bring it up to anybody in the team. It's so awesome. It, yeah, it works really well. And, and having, you know, I'm going to just uh, be blunt here with this one. In this day and age, if you don't have a partner in that specializes in technology uh, and understands coding and things like that, it's kind it'll be, I mean, it'll be a whole, um, I mean, you won't have the visibility. It's, it's something to where it's almost necessary at this day and age to have a partner in that area. That's a part of your goals, vision and all that uh, uh, being a partner. So that's yeah. something. Otherwise you end up wasting time, energy, money, you end up having to rebuild things because you didn't do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. I've got those T-shirts, by the way, Ryan. I got those T-shirts. Uh, you know, and, and so your team. So, so for, you're saying you're calling them awesome, or is it a sim? It's awesome. See, awesome. I like awesome. I mean, if you got partners, everyone should have a partner that's name is awesome <laughs> beer because you, you have a great day. It's awesome. You finish the day, you go have a beer. And you yeah. hang out with some guy named Ryan Shirzadi. Yeah, I mean, there that's, that's, they're the ones that have the problem, right? You're the one that you're the, your name is not quite as exciting. Now you have I've an awesome. Myself, um, whenever I get a beer now, I'm, I'm kind of like I need to get the beer. Uh, so I don't <laughs> think about my partners all the time. <laughs> oh man, it's a good thing I don't drink beer. I, I drink yeah. other things, but uh, I have a gluten allergy. That's why I can, for the listeners who just learned something about me, I've got a gluten allergy. I'm a glutard. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, so you're before we go to break really quickly, tell uh, everyone a little bit about your team, both in-house and overseas. I think that would be something that people would find fascinating. Sure. Yeah. Um, at TechRevel, one thing that makes us different is we've kind of mastered this hybrid approach model. We want to have staff on both sides of the ocean. So we have a team overseas for development. Um, they're all in-house offshore so that, you know, they're all under the same umbrella. 
And then we have our team here in the US. Um, you know, both sides serve their purposes uniquely. Obviously, the uh, development team over there makes sure that things get done. We just made a, a new team in Ukraine, actually, recently for the UI UX development. Um, they're really good UI UX developers. The key for us is making sure that we have um, resources in enough place, employees in enough place, people in enough place to be able to actually um, continue to satisfy our clients as we grow, as our clients grow. Um, our goal isn't to just stay stagnant and do the same thing over and over again. We're, we're continuing to grow with our clients, and that's the whole goal uh, as a company. So as we've scaled with our clients, our Houston team's grown quite a bit. Our, our Miami's team grown quite a bit. Our, our Chicago's team has been growing. Like the, all these teams have been growing at the same point. Um, and it's something to where, you know, it's, it gives the client a lot more, um, I guess, uh, visibility into our program, visibility what we're doing, um, without being completely offshore and stuff like that. So trying yeah. to be more hybrid, trying to be more present, visible, transparent, um, is our goal uh, at all That's times. Awesome. Communication, making sure communication's there. That's something we pride ourselves off of. You know, our clutch is full of like c- communication type reviews, and that you know, even if there's an issue. We will be communicating with you. We won't be running away. We won't be sitting there trembling. We're going to make sure we come in and we fix the problem at any given point. That's something okay. that we core value in. I mean, these are these are values that we set at the very beginning that we're trying to make into reality. I'm even moving some of my people from overseas to the U.S. Uh, and that's been a goal of mine this whole time with the company is to bring them over. So it's it's something that like um, we have a focus on that's heavier than a lot of other companies in our industry. And that's kind of one of the values we're built off of. Yeah. That is awesome that you're doing that. Well, Ryan, hang on with me. We're going to take a break from our corporate sponsor, Anthem Software. We'll be back in a minute. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. And we're back with Ryan. I love screaming at people when we come back from break. I don't know what it is. I have to go, wait, wait. I just can't come and we're back. You know, I just, I'm just not one of those guys that's going to be like, and we're back. Yeah. You're going to get either, you're either pumped or you're not. And you're clearly excited about your business. And that is awesome. How many people are in the business? Cause you mentioned that you have a bunch. How many total people work at Tech Rebel? So we've, uh, uh, we've got a, about 170 employees now. That's awesome. Man, that is great. Now, obviously from the three of you cats, from awesome, a bear in Ryan to 170, you must be doing something right. And congratulations. Um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners would love to hear a little bit about the third stone that I talk about, which is tools. I don't get into it with a lot of small businesses because they're pretty basic, right? Social media, things like that. What are some of the tools that you use to stay cross-pollinated, cross-communicating between all of the different states and overseas? Sure. So there's actually like not too many tools we use. We use three key tools. It's the CRM platform, project management software, and then a communication platform for instant communication. Um, those are like the three tools we would generally use. 
Um, so CRMs are such as Salesforce, HubSpot, um, Zoho. These ones are all great tools to be able to actually manage your internal processes, sales. Um, the fact that you can actually see key statistics through them too is really helpful. I mean, you need yeah. those statistics to be able to monitor where you're going. Um, so not only are you getting like tracking, but you're getting a little bit of a predictive analysis on how you can continue to scale. Um, so like the CRMs are, are amazing for that. Um, like looking into the instant messaging tools, I mean, these are like the WhatsApp, Telegrams, things like that. Um, like these are great for communicating, especially globally. Um, you have like, it runs off Wi-Fi. It's really easy to use as long as you have a good office with Wi-Fi overseas and everywhere around and everybody's on the same page and able to connect, then yes, it's a great tool. Um, you know, just for getting quick messages across, use it in emergency cases, use it in urgent cases. It's perfect for these types of scenarios. Um, and then we you're have- using, the, I know you uh, use Asana for client relations, right? So is, exactly. that your, is Asana your project management software that you're using? Correct. Yeah. So Asana is for client and, um, and then also business management. So making sure the client's happy, making sure that they're able to communicate effectively, all emails, texts, everything goes to one place. Um, basically being able to organize everything. I think that's a, that's a really good software for, for actually client project management. Um, and then, the, I mean, there's the smaller softwares like Calendly and these ones, they're great when you're smaller, I think. Um, like when you're, when you're just scaling up and trying to organize your meetings, don't have an assistant or anything, or like you're not able to like have as much attention to this kind of thing, or you're just doing a thousand things at once, you know, whatever. Um, you know, these type of tools can really help with just scheduling, getting stuff on the paper before, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I think I used that the most when I was, you know, really just starting out um, just so I can make sure I wasn't missing anything. As you get the hang of it, as you see how things work, as you check out CRMs, like you can actually visualize the process and almost now you're bucketing things in your head or funneling things in your head and you're able to do it on your own without using the tool. But this tool is still there, if you, you know, to be necessary. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the team. But I mean, like at a point you'll realize like how all this actually works on a fundamental level and you can actually do it on your own. Um, yeah. But it's good to start with that. Yeah, it is. It is good to start. And I think what's important to the watchers and listeners is that, you know, Ryan's crossed over, you know, when you get to 150 employees, you start to leverage different tools than you did between two to five, five to 10, 10 to 25. You know what I mean? It always, it always scales and grows. Uh, that's awesome. Now, Ryan, have you started to blueprint processes for your people. What do I mean by that? Companies of our sizes, like we've built before in the past, my, my previous companies had 180 employees to 70 employees. I'm currently at a dozen right now in my new business, and that's going to continue to grow. I find that sometimes I've hired too many people in the past because I haven't accurately or adequately, I should say, mapped out, blueprinted, so to speak, every role in the organization so we just keep having to throw warm bodies at problems versus automate things that could be automated. Mm -hmm. You're probably dealing with that in a major way right now, I would imagine. Talk to me about a little bit about your current processes and what you're working on at Tech Rebel. So I, I find that you know processes are one of my kind of like uh, things I focus on probably the most in the organization. It's um, necessary to me to have something that can be actually replicated um, rather than just done once or twice or whatever. I, I want to make sure that I can replicate a certain certain process, and that's what the process is for. Um, so, like with with you know, let's say specific in individuals, I make sure I'm not like hire over hiring too fast usually, um, just because I want to make sure that the roles that are currently being filled are being um, optimal. So I'll hire two or three people at once, train them, make sure that they're good to go. 
and then move forward with it. And the hires that I have urgently next, even if I need them really bad, I still I still have to make sure that the guys that we currently hire have their, their KPIs in place. And that's probably one of the key processes that is in place is actually results-driven KPIs um, that actually the process. And, 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 for, and just so the listeners know, Ryan, a KPI is a key performance indicator in a business. We use a lot of these sophisticated terms sometimes. We got a lot of people that listen to the show that are just getting ready to start a business. You got to know your KPIs early, right? What are your key performance indicators? I apologize. Continue on. Perfect. So, um, yeah, identifying KPIs that the employees can understand to where I'm not breathing down their necks all the time. I don't like to micromanage. That's something that I've found to be very detrimental to any business. Um, when I'm when I'm doing this kind of thing, I'm making sure that they they have KPIs that are clear, understood, and understood that once we de- like we all work together until the process is set. So, like as you obviously want to fulfill your KPI because you'll get a reward for that. Um, so then how are we going to make sure that you can fill your KPIs? We'll go through the process. We'll make sure that we connect you with this person. Whenever you have to connect with this person, make sure this document's filled out. And now this can be pushed over to this guy who actually finishes it up, ties it all together. And now everybody's on the same page. So like things like identify, and that's just an example, it's a very bland, basic example, but basically like just being able to identify exactly how each, every single thing that these KPIs is attached to has a replicatable process within the organization. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's like the key is I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll sit with these guys, set up a scrum uh, every day until the process is finalized. Uh, And that's the key. And a scrum scrum is a meeting. It's a fancy term for a meeting uh, that us developers love to use and stuff like that. Now I want to, I do want to interrupt you because you said something that I don't want people to miss. Okay. You say when you hit the KPIs, you give rewards. Now, one of the things that I've learned in life is that not every reward has to be monetary. Some people's primary love language actually isn't money. It's an attaboy or employee of the month or time off with their family. What are some of the ways you reward your team besides money or is it only money when they hit their KPIs? So one thing that I'm so proud of tech revel with is that we do have an award ceremony uh every quarter and sometimes we miss a quarter if there's not really anything that's been done big um and that's kind of like part of the whole like you know do something and we'll have this kind of thing a big old banquet type thing um but we always have the yearly one no matter what and this this yearly event we recognize the revolutionaries disruptors um, and these, these are the awards. That's what they're called. The Revolutionary Award, the Disruptor Award, um, and the, and the uh, Tech Revo Award. So there, there's three tiers to it. And to have the Revolutionary Award means doing something absolutely incredible outside the box, something that, you know, is, we don't see, you know, you, you don't see this. This is something that is completely just out of left field and, and works really well. And you tried something, failed and figured it out. That's, that's something to where I really like to see things happen. Um, so these awards will be given an award ceremony with a banquet, you know, food, everything, um, games, all that good stuff with the whole team. Um, and, and that's, that's like really fun, um, fun time for the employees and everything. And that I, love the, I love the name of the awards too. There. Say, say that one more time. The Revolutionary Award, the Disruptor Award, and the Terrible Award. I want the Disruptor Award. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that would be the one that I would win. Like the head disruptor. <laughs> That's what I wanted my title to be: the Chief Disruptor for a while. You, you know, it's fun. It's funny you mention what your title to be. In my first business, uh, people used to say, "So, what's your title?" I said, "Well, I'm Adam Degrade, the Junk Mail Generator." 
because <laughs> every piece of mail that was junk that came to the company was in my name. Yep, so yep. clearly I was the junk mail generator. Uh, Ryan, we're going to come back after the break. We have to take another break from a sponsor, but I want to talk to you about the courage it takes to get up and run a business that is international. And I think the listener is going to love it. So stay tuned. I'm Adam DeGrade. You're watching and listening the greatest small business podcast in the world. David versus Goliath will be right back with Ryan Shirzadi from Tech Rebel. Stay tuned. At King 16, our agency has done some exciting things over the years. We've designed and built amazing experiences for customers and launched several vehicles for Audi and Porsche. We've thrown extravagant parties inside whiskey distilleries and featured amazing products for brands like Ray-Ban and Fossil. We booked some incredible talent and designed cutting-edge stages for those performances. We even threw a red carpet gala in the middle of nowhere on a horse farm with hundreds of celebrities, which was difficult. I guess you could say we've done some amazing things for our brands and partners. Now the only question is, what will King 16 do for you? Find out at king16.com. That's king, S-I-X-T-E-E-N.com. again. Uh, see, I didn't go like this this time. I did a little point this time, which is way different, Ryan. You can't accuse me of doing the same move every time. I'm always going to mix it up. This has been awesome, man. Learning about a high-paced, high-growth, fast tech company named Tech Revel. My buddy, Ryan Shirzadi. Ryan, you should be proud because not many people are at the place where you're at. Now, when you appear awesome, and yourself got together and decided to start Tech Revel. That takes courage, man. I mean, you obviously had experience in the past. I think try to take people back to the day where the three of you got together, shook hands basically, and said, we're going to make this happen and there's no turning back. Tell us about the decision-making process. And more importantly, what did you feel like when you made that decision? That's a great question. Um so I was, I was 25 when I, when I made that decision. Um, I was working at, at a large tech company um, in Houston and um, you know, it was something to where, you know, obviously I, I didn't, I mean, I enjoyed the job to an extent, you know, and I liked the, um, the role. I liked the growth opportunities. I liked, you know, where I was. Um, but it was kind of like a, uh, you know, it was a whole thing where it was almost like I felt like I was doing a lot more than I was being, you know, paid for at the time. I feel like it was, it wasn't really very good for me to be an employee. I had started three companies before I was ever an employee, and and those were like a nonprofit and then some e-commerce dropshipping type platforms. Um, and I always wanted to do that, but you know, obviously you have to build capital before ever being able to start a company or anything. So I was actually doing my tech company job and working at a restaurant after hours, uh, after the job to be able to start saving money to start a business. Um, so I was doing that and I kind of, funny story, I ran into a beer, um, 
getting he's not, a beer. He's not saying he ran into an actual bear person. <laughs> bear, bear people. He ran into a guy named a bear. Actually. Yes, this is this is correct. I ran into a guy named a beer uh, while I was having a beer. Um, and <laughs> we kind of met and like, we really hit it off on a level that was kind of really deep because they were talking about some oil and gas company. I did a whole like, um, uh, thesis and everything on like this oil and gas dividend model in, in the university. Um, and so I kind of hit it off with them. We were talking on that and, uh, and it made sense, you know, once we continue to engage that we had a good, a really good dynamic, um, as, as a couple guys and, you know, brought awesome in the conversation. We started talking with him more and, and it started to make more and more sense. I tried, you know, I, I worked with them for a little bit, you know, on like just kind of a level where it was just kind of like testing out waters, making sure we were a fit, that kind of thing. I started to get a lot of trust for these guys and I started to really trust the process. Uh, excuse me. And, um, and it was something to where I was almost like, you know, if I, if I don't take these risks now, when am I going to do it? Mm. Um, it, it came down to that. Cause I mean, I was 25. Like I said, that was an age where I didn't have a family. It was single, like nothing was really holding me back, um, from making this decision. So I can't talk on that as much cause I didn't have any of those barriers. Um, but I did, I did have the vision and, and, and the want to be an entrepreneur, um, and, and start a company. So I used all the money I'd saved from the restaurant and, and from, Hewlett Packard, pretty much. Oh, whoops! I didn't mean to drop that. But um, yeah, from those two companies, and and um, basically put all those into my uh, into the business. And I was I was really worried because I, I had no more money. Um, and so I went all in into the business and kind of just said, okay, you know, let's see what happens in trying to make something here. And and that's kind of what I would recommend to any entrepreneur is have nothing going into it uh, because it really sets a fire uh, for you to get things going. Um, it's funny, it's I, funny that you say that one of my very first sales jobs was in radio and I'll never forget it. The general manager of the radio station stopped me in the hallway, put me up against a staircase and said, listen, Adam, the best thing you can do for yourself today is go buy a car you can't afford and have no idea how to make the payments. And I'm staring at him. I'm like, I mean, he's like, when I tell you, you put me against the wall, like he literally put me against the wall. And I said, and I said, his name was Ira. I said, Hey, Ira. I said, what do you mean? He goes, the best salespeople in the world have something they have to work for. I said, okay. So I left the office, went and bought a car I couldn't afford. And you know, what's weird. It worked for me. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but for me, it worked. When I started my very first business, dude, I left everything. I took all of my savings I got as many credit cards as I could, and I lived on credit cards for two years, dude. Wow. Two, this is years ago, back in 1997 or whatever it was. 97, I started this company in my basement, dude, with 200 grand of credit cards. My house was only worth $118,000 at the time. Mm -hmm. I was up to here. But you know what, man? It all worked out. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it put that pressure on me. So in your case, I can see as a 25-year-old taking all of your savings, throwing it into a guy named Awesome in a beer. <laughs> I mean, you know, some people might say you have to have your head examined, but in this case, it's worked out fantastic. And the advice that you would give people, I just heard you say that, would be take a chance, take a risk, and don't be, able to, don't be afraid to throw it all on the line because you made a really good point, right? If you hesitated 
to you had more responsibility, right? More people that were counting on you, like a family. Mm-hmm. It might have been a challenge for you to start that business. Not that you couldn't have done it. But I know that there's many hidden, buried entrepreneurs in the world, Ryan, that never started their own business because the responsibilities of providing in their life were too great and they thought they couldn't do it then. I want to encourage you, if that's you right now, you absolutely can do it now. Just going to make sure that your significant other is on board with it before you go and max out your credit cards. Um, but I would highly recommend that if, if there's a stirring inside your heart and you're a listener and watcher of David versus Goliath and you either have a business that's struggling or you're just starting or you want to, hesitation is the death of an entrepreneur. Action is the energy of an entrepreneur. Any other advice that you would give to our listeners and watchers, Ryan? And then also end with telling people how they can find you and get in contact with you as well. Sure. The last piece of advice and something that I've learned throughout the business is is relationship building. Um, I think that this is the key to any business. And I'm not just talking relationships between employees, between clients, these kind of things. I don't I don't think those are the, you know, those are great relationships to have, but, you know, relationships with people you'd never even consider having a relationship with, a business you never consider even being in your industry, verticals that you never considered. These are all like relationships and partnerships that can be fostered into something amazing as you continue to scale. Um, you don't know if you're going to need them now, like even things that I never thought we'd be involved with, I'm starting to look at as, as opportunity um, and, and ways to work together to actually build you know, more, um, more verticals, more alignment between industry, between clients, between able to serve and, and offer more to the clients. So building these relationships has been key as, as we've continued to scale. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's a long process. It's a really long process, but you know, as if you continue to do it, if you continue to focus on it, continue to do be social media active, I think that as, as you scale, it kind of all starts to come together, um, you know, as you continue to put this all together. So that's kind of my last, probably last piece of advice for anybody scaling right now. Ryan, you are awesome. Tech Rebel is amazing. A bear and awesome. Where are you? Look at that. I said, Ryan, you're awesome. And he awesome thinking that he's talking, we're talking about him. We're not talking about him. I'm talking about you, how you're awesome. And he's awesome too. I have to call him awesome. Awesome. That's what I'm going to call him next time I talk to him. There's no doubt about it. Everyone. I hope you could tell what it's like when fellow people of kindred spirits that love their business, love what they do, get together and talk. Because this is what life is made of. Find someone that you can get some great advice from, get next to them. And if you are a successful business person, find someone who could use your help Put your arm around them, get next to them, and fire it up. This is the David versus Goliath podcast. We hope you had a great time. Ryan, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have an awesome day. 